Welcome to His Way Women's Bible Study with Linda Anderson. His Way Ministries is an interdenominational ministry established and committed to helping you experience a dynamic relationship with God. Now here's Linda with this week's message. Hi. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Do you know what? There is freedom in this house tonight. I am super excited about what God is going to do. Seriously, <laughs> I am so excited about what he's promised, what he wants. You know what? He has his way. I brought you an ad. This is from Macy's catalog, and there's a picture of a girl on here. <laughs> It's not a good ad. Yeah, even though it is Macy's. It says on it, she's sitting there and she says, Listen up. My life, my rules, my way. And so I cut it out of the catalog and I said, I'm going to check up on her in a few years. <laughs> because you know what? This doesn't work. So you have come to his way, where we do things his way. So his life, his rules, his way, his way. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, let's get ready. We're going to worship the king. I'm asking, Father, for such a thickness of the Holy Spirit in this place tonight. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings life. Yeah. And all kinds of miracles spontaneously happen. And you know what I've been pondering? I probably shouldn't tell you what I'm pondering. I have been, <laughs> I've been pondering, seriously, not needing to call the prayer team forward at his way at the end. Because the miracles are happening yeah. just spontaneously yeah. all over the room. So would you contribute tonight? I mean, overcome the feelings, whatever they are, whatever the maladies, and any tiredness, any distraction, any feelings of, I don't belong here. Would you just, would you overcome those things? Because they're lies. And would you just um, come fully in? so that we can have the kind of atmosphere where God can move freely. Good. Okay. Just go like this. Aye, aye, King Jesus. <laughs> yes, sir. Aye, aye, King Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay, why don't you open your hands? Father, here we are. Father, see your girls. Jesus. See us, Lord. Jesus. Oh, Father, please, fix your gaze on us. Oh, Lord, turn your eyes. Turn your eyes upon us, oh, God, as we turn our eyes upon Jesus. Father, I'm asking for the kind of atmosphere in this place tonight where you can move so freely. Lord, I know that you heal people when they don't even ask. Yes. And so, Lord, would you, Lord, in your grace, would you show your character in this place tonight and heal spontaneously 
and oh God, bypass our just Lord, just just see Jesus in us. Yes, Lord. Now, Father, help us to make friendships. Help us to not be afraid. Help us to not be distracted. Help us to not be insecure. Oh, God. (laughs) Thanks, Father. So be it. Amen. Amen. Good. Okay. Okay. Well, you have come to a place where God is going to pluck out of you condemnation and guilt and shame so that you can be free to laugh and sing and fly and enjoy your life. So good job. I agree with Elissa who gave you that word. She said, good job coming to his way tonight. Good job. Good job. Well, Pastor Tamara will come in just a moment and read to us Colossians 2. This is one of my very favorite chapters. It's all my favorite. (laughs) But it's one of my very favorite chapters because in this chapter, it holds one of my verses that I hold. It holds the verse that says that at the cross, when Jesus Christ went to the cross in our place, that he exchanged he exchanged our sin, our condemnation, all of our sickness for his life. And he didn't just do it 90%. He did it a hundred percent. And so tonight as we read the scripture, I'm expecting it to dislodge stuff in you that has been hindering you and has been clogging and and um, stopping the blessings. Oh, this is so funny. My husband last Sunday day before yesterday here at Horizon, he kept saying, get under the spout where the glory comes out. (laughs) So tonight you're under the spout where the glory's coming out. Anybody thinking pictures? That is just a funny picture. (laughs) Have you ever been in a meeting or a service where... The person up front, the preacher or evangelist or whoever was speaking, he was or she was just bringing healing. But then um, a message was given, whether it was subtle or whether it was overt, whether it was covert, whatever it was, a message was given that if you have enough faith, you'll be healed. You ever been in a place like that? Do you know what happens when we hear messages like that? If we have just enough faith, then we can get our healing or we can access whatever it is that we're needing. When you come under that kind of um, um, twisted truth, 
What happens so often is we begin to take out the little faith we have and begin to analyze it and try to figure out what's wrong with it. And what it does is it causes us to focus on us instead of to focus on God. And it also, what it does is it brings condemnation and guilt because we just don't feel like we can measure up. We can't get it right enough. We can't get it good enough so that we can access whatever it is that we're needing. Now, that kind of message, if you have been in a place where you've been given a message like that, I'm just, I'm asking Father to clean you. Just wash, wash that out of you. Way down deep inside, just to wash that out of you. Do you know who got in trouble with Jesus? Do you know, he talked, he, several times, he talked about the people who were doing things that were, that were not of the kingdom. They were of this world. Um, he, yeah, the Pharisees. He told them not to pray long prayers. <laughs> You've been feeling like you just can't pray enough. Well, go get the passage as your sword where Jesus said, don't pray long prayers. <laughs> okay, I'm going to mess with you tonight. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, have you ever been in a meeting where someone was giving a prophetic word and it started off and the first phrase of it was just fantastic and then they kept going and going and going until you lost the whole thing? Don't give long prophecies. <laughs> Just, what did Jesus say? Let your yes be yes and your no, no, and don't add to it. Oh, I'm talking to women. <laughs> so, we're going to get rid of condemnation tonight. Now, some of you may have had an experience like I have where you want somebody to feel condemned. Like if you're somebody in your family or somebody does something and, and they don't even have remorse. And you're like, just say you're sorry. And the person's like, well, I'm not sorry. I don't feel bad at all. And you're like, well, you should feel bad. And I'm going to make you feel bad. <laughs> now, that's a whole different thing. What you're talking about there is conviction. Conviction and condemnation are not the same thing. Conviction comes from Father, and it's always full of grace. I watched my kids when they were growing up. Tamara, of course not. Tamara never did anything wrong. <laughs> When I watched my kids from, well, it was particularly your brother, Greg. And I would say, he would, he would talk back to me or something, and, and I would say, tell me you're sorry. You don't, you don't talk to me like that. And he would say, sorry. And I would say, that doesn't count. 
And then I would ask God, oh, God, convict him. Convict him so that he cares, so that he knows he hurt me. And eventually it would come to me and he'd say, Mom, I'm sorry. The same words felt so much better. That was conviction. Condemnation is when you just feel bad. You just feel like you're bad, you did something bad, and you feel like you can't even go to God because there's all this stuff in the way. Okay, expect freedom in Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord, for freedom. Father, do I not get to pray long prayers anymore? (laughs) Okay, freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to do Colossians 2. I'm reading out of the New King James, but you can read in whatever translation you want, or you can just listen. All right, let's start in Colossians 2, verse 1. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, 
and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why is the living in the world? Do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men, these things indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh." It's so deep, isn't it? <laughs> Makes you feel like you just want to go and spend a bunch of time reading it and hitting yourself in the head and going, come on, get it. <laughs> we will be spending, oh, at least two, if not three weeks in Colossians 2 because there is so much in here that we have to get. We really do. Yeah, I want to get it. I want to understand it. I want to comprehend it. I want the very depth of it to go to the very depth of me. Because we are supposed to have that super abundance. We're not supposed to be dragging ourselves around going, oh, if I can just make it through another day. But then again, there are times when we just wish, if I could just make it through the night. <laughs> Okay, take your outline at the top, pure power. And tonight, the power of no condemnation. You want power in your life? You do. You want power. You need power. You don't want to feel powerless. You need power. So tonight, you will gain some of the biggest, greatest, most spectacular power there is. The power of no condemnation. How many of you have memorized Romans 8.1? Oh, I, I encourage everyone to memorize the whole chapter, Romans 8. You really, at least memorize verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is, no, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, I'm not sure I'm in Christ Jesus. If you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive your sins, you're in Christ Jesus. And he's not letting you out. He'll, he'll reach to the farthest star in the last grain of sand to save your soul. And once he gets you saved, you're not going to get unsaved. If you really got saved. Now, if you didn't really get saved, I recommend it. <laughs> I put a script. Oh, before, before we look at the scripture at the top, turn over your sheet to your questions on the back. 
There are a couple of very important things on this question sheet. First of all, the scripture, I've given you Romans 8.1 in the Message Bible. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, arrived on planet Earth over 2,000 years ago. With the arrival of the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying, black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime, a brutal tyranny, at the hands of sin and death. Wow! How do we attain to that? Well, we'll get some tools tonight. Also, right in the middle there, well, the first third, I've given you a paragraph, how to know the difference between conviction and condemnation. When you feel the conviction conviction of God, of the Holy Spirit, he's specific. He will pinpoint what you did. He will say, you know, you lied to your friend. You told her that you weren't going to be home, and you were home. And then it comes with grace, and you say, Father, forgive me. I'm I'm really sorry. And if you want me to tell her the truth, I will. Ooh. But when the devil comes with condemnation, You just have this sense that you're just bad. And he tells you, he says you are a liar and you always lie. But he doesn't tell you a specific lie. That's condemnation. Just a general feeling of just bad. Low-lying, black cloud, condemnation. Okay, at the top of your outline, I picked out the scripture, Colossians 2.8. Beware. Beware. Stay alert. Pay attention. Lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. You have people all all around you who are trying to squeeze you into the mold of the world. Beware. Don't let it happen. Don't give in. Number one, God wants you. God wants you. God wants you, his beloved child, to live with a strong awareness of his favor, his acceptance, and his love. God wants you, his beloved child, to live with a strong awareness of his favor, his acceptance, and his love. Okay, quickly open your Bibles to John 8, verse 1. John 8, verse 1. God bless everybody who's sneezing. Wow. Yeah, God bless you. Okay, John chapter 8. Beginning with verse 1. 
I like the heading in my Bible. It says, an adulteress faces the light of the world. <laughs> it says, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Oh, wouldn't you love to be there? Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. They brought to him a woman who was caught. She may not have even had any clothes on. They brought her from the very act. And when they had set her in, his, in the midst... They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, in Leviticus, and you'll find it in your questions this week, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Why did he write on the ground twice? Some of you may think that, I'm sure that many of you have heard messages that he wrote in the dirt. He did indeed write in the dust, but it was stone. There was stone in that place. He was inside, and it was a stone floor. And that stone was very similar to what God had written the Ten Commandments on. Now, I have no doubt that that stone was dusty, and so he wrote in the dust. He wrote it once with his finger, and then he stood up, and they accused him, and he stooped down, and he did it again. Now, how many of you know that Moses was given the Ten Commandments on stone from the finger of God? And when Moses came down the mountain, that he found the children of Israel worshiping a calf. And he threw the stones and they broke. What did that mean? So God, so Moses went back up on the mountain. And God wrote the Ten Commandments on stone a second time. And Moses came down again. And this time, those stone tablets were kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Jesus stooped down and he wrote on stone with his finger. Just like God did with his finger when he wrote the Ten Commandments. And then when they tried to accuse the woman again, Jesus stooped down one more time and wrote again 
on the stone with his finger. Why did he do that? Was it symbolic? Was he trying to express something to the people about the law? And was he there in the temple that day, standing as one who would fulfill the whole thing? So there he is in the temple. He stoops down. He wrote on the ground, verse 9, And those who heard it being convicted, convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, why did you sin? He said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. She called him Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus did so many things that were symbolic, that fulfilled the law, that created that um, tie between the Old and the New Covenant, the Old and New Testament. Like when he stooped down and he wrote. I wonder what he wrote. You'll have time to ponder that as you do your questions. So I put that scripture below number one. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Okay, number two. When God says something comes first, it must come first. Beware of people who turn the words of Jesus backwards. Here, let me explain it. Number three. Legalism says, go and sin no more, then we won't condemn you. Legalism says... The law says, go and sin no more, then we won't condemn you. Your friends, people around you, people at work, they say, go and do better and then we'll like you. (laughs) But Jesus said, I don't condemn you. Then he said, go and sin no more. This is really important. I read under number three in scripture, sequences as inspired as the word Jews. Let's not reverse God's order. He never says to you, he never says, go and sin no more, and then you won't be condemned. Never. In scripture, there are all kinds of lists. For example, we are told 24 times, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And every single time, the sequence is heart first. Every time. He did it on purpose. He wants you to know, love me with your heart, 
relationship. If you're trying to love him with your mind first, repent. When God says something comes first, it comes first. The people around you will say, shape up and then you get. But God says, I love you. I'll help you. I don't condemn you. Wow. Don't let anybody cheat you of the truth through philosophy of the world. The philosophy of the world is shape up and then you get. Okay, let's let, it's got to sink in. It's got to. Number four, Jesus forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases. This is Psalm 103, and this is why we sing, Bless the Lord, O my soul. By the way, my granddaughter Gabrielle then began to quote all five of the first verses of that scripture to me in the car. I recommend you memorize that one too. And if your memory's not working, be healed in Jesus' name. Yes, speak to your memory and tell it to come into alignment with God. Your memory can get better and better and should. Amen. So be it. So in number four, Jesus forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, which comes first. The consciousness that all your sins are forgiven precedes the healing of all your diseases. Did you hear the sequence? He forgives all your sins and then he heals all your diseases. You will find that this applies as you read through the word. Like the man who came to, who the, his friends brought him to Jesus and he was a paraplegic. And Jesus said, first thing he said was, your sins are forgiven you. Now be healed. Lord, help us to really fully get this. The consciousness that all your sins are forgiven precedes the healing of all your diseases. If you are holding on to past guilt, past shame, Regret. Regret is a really mean spirit. If you are holding on to, if you are thinking, if you are letting the, the devil bring up your past and hold it in front of you, then you are not agreeing with God that you are forgiven. Consequently, maybe the diseases aren't being healed because there's a sequence Whoa. I want you all healed. Jesus wants every one of you healed. He wants every one of us to be healthy and whole. All of us. He wants all of us healthy. You might think that he wants the person next to you healthy, and he wants you sick so that you can learn something. He wants you whole. Shalom of God, well-being, wholeness, peace, peace. In Jesus' name, shalom of God. 
Every day, every day, every day I put on the peace of God. I hope that you are too. I hope you're putting on the full armor of light. I hope that you are going through that armor and that is found in Ephesians 6 and you're putting on the armor of light. You know what? This isn't this Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October. Guess what you can do? Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Get the condemnation out of your breasts. Bring in the light of God. You don't need to have breast cancer. It's not from God. Whoa. (laughs) Number five, stop allowing the enemy to heap condemnation upon you. In all the areas, you have fallen short. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. You are in Christ. Now, the people in Colossae, one of the problems that they were having was Gnosticism, and it's still here today. We don't always call it by the same term, but it is still the same problem. What, What was being perpetuated, what people were saying, and in the false religions that were rising up was that Jesus was only semi-divine. That he was not fully God and fully man. And consequently, he couldn't take your sins because he was semi-divine. I had a woman who came to our house a week and a half ago or so um, because Tom and I, because we are the principals, mainly Tom, my husband, in building the building we are building next door, the bank is requiring a humongous um, life insurance policy on him because in case something happens to him, they're worried that um, the building won't get paid for because he's the head of the church. And so they're requiring this humongous life insurance policy. So this woman came to our church, our house, our church house, our house, to do our all of our stuff, take our vitals, weigh us, do EKG, all that kind of stuff, so that we can get this policy that we don't want. And while she was there, I was trying to get an opening to tell her about Jesus. Finally, I got it, and I asked her what she thought about Jesus. And she told me that she didn't think that he probably was born of a virgin. She said that she just wasn't at all sure that he was God, that he was divine. I said, have you read the Bible? And she said, yes, I have. I've read it many times. I said, you have good for you. That's so good. I said, have you seen the passages that tell about Jesus' birth and that he was almighty God with us? And she said, yes, I have, but I'm not sure I believe them. And I got in her face and I said, have you asked God? (laughs) She said, well, no, I haven't. (laughs) I said, let's ask him. (laughs) She said, okay. (laughs) That woman is getting a deep revelation of Jesus. Because anybody who will go and ask him, they'll find out he's fully God. Came in the flesh, fully man. Really important. Okay, it's 8.30.
there are a couple more things that you need to know. Hmm. just going to give you number eight and then we'll do some more next week because this applies to the woman who was caught in adultery number eight when jesus christ when he died on the cross all the powers of darkness dropped their rocks (laughs) tamra can we sing glorious ruins is that a possibility Just a little bit, because right below number eight, I gave you go through, go through the gates, take out the stones, and lift up the banner for the people. Okay, here here you go. Jesus is an overpayment for your sins. Jesus is an overpayment for your sins. I really, I wanted to... I wanted to tell you lots of stories. Um, I like something that my husband said recently. He said that Jesus Christ destroys even the evidence against you. He was talking about Peter and at the in the garden before Jesus went to the cross, Peter was defending Jesus and he took his sword and cut off the ear of one of the one of the soldiers and um, Jesus what did Jesus do <laughs> he didn't turn to the guy and say serves you right <laughs> I mean wouldn't you have wanted to just like that I'll teach you <laughs> so what did Jesus do he reached down he picked up the ear that must have been lovely And he put it back on the man. And then, can you imagine the man going before the the authorities and saying, I'm going to sue Jesus because he cut off my ear. And the judge saying, which ear? (laughs) Because Jesus even destroys the evidence against you. Now, one more important point, and we'll hit it more next week, but I really encourage you, use your mouth to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I say this over so many times every day. Anytime the devil comes and he tries to make me feel like like I am a loser or whatever he comes with, I just say out loud, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And just like I love it when somebody says something great about my grandchildren or children, Father God loves it when you remind him what his son did 
love said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because he took all my sin, he destroyed the evidence against me. He made a public, open display of the powers of darkness at the cross. By his own blood, he paid the penalty for my sin. And by his stripes, I am healed. Now be healed in the name of Jesus. May the places where you have worked that seems like it was ruined, may those places arise in healing and life and health and victory and triumph in the name of Jesus. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. That's who he's made you. Now, saying it means you have faith. When we refuse to say it, you say, I don't have enough faith to say that. Open your mouth. Because when you say it, what you're doing is you're faithing it. There's a key right there to use. If you have a tongue and you have teeth and you have vocal cords and you can make a sound, I am the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, more next week. Father, (laughs) bring the ruins to life, oh God. Bring the broken places to life. Breathe into those places, Holy Spirit, where there has been hurt. Oh God, where, where trust has been broken. Oh God, reach into the past and restore trust. Father, may we not use the past. May we not use hurts as an excuse to not trust. We trust you, Lord. So, Lord, heal and redeem and free. Lord, raise up these women, oh God. Thank you, Father. You're doing it. Thank you, you're doing it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.